Hello, and welcome to Preparing for Public Safety Power Shutoffs, a program about how to get ready and stay safe during California's ongoing wildfire season. Over the next half hour, we'll hear from several members of PG&E's Community Wildfire Safety Team about what they're doing to keep you safe, what you can do to stay prepared, and what resources are available to your family and community. We'll pay special attention to public safety power shutoffs, or PSPS events, when PG&E may have to turn off the electricity due to high fire threat weather to keep people safe and prevent wildfires. We'll find out how to keep you informed about possible PSPS events and what additional resources are available to you if one occurs in your area. So, thank you for joining us to find out about how to get ready and stay safe this wildfire season. My name is Sumit Singh, and I have the privilege of being PG&E's Chief Risk Officer. We understand that the wildfire risk uh, is unprecedented. In the last decade, we went from nearly 15% of our service territory being designated as elevated and extreme fire risk to more than 50%. In 2017 and 2018, we've seen the most destructive wildfires, unfortunately, in California. This year, we start to see the dry conditions of vegetation, the drought conditions, coupled with some of these offshore winds, uh, they really start to have a potential impact where one spark can create a potential wildfire. We're trying to bring everything to bear uh, to be able to solve this unprecedented risk that exists on our system. There's a lot that PG&E does before deciding to initiate a PSPS event. This work is 365 days a year. Let's check in with the Community Wildfire Safety Program and see what PG&E is doing to prevent wildfires before they even start. I'm Debbie Powell. I'm the Vice President of our Asset and Risk Management and Community Wildfire Safety Program. The Community Wildfire Safety Program is all of the system improvements and operational improvements that we're making in order to protect California against wildfires. Where our wires and our equipment interact in the environment, it's, it's California's public safety. We absolutely have to be able to operate that in a way that's um, safe for all of our customers and communities. When you think about the configuration of the electrical system, the source of the actual electricity could be a solar plant, it could be wind farm, it could be a hydro plant. So there's a multitude of sources of electricity and what interconnects with the generator is what we call transmission lines. Transmission is the high voltage energy it's designed to travel long distances. They're sort of the spine of our electric system. And then distribution is the level of energy that you and I receive in our homes. We have smaller appliances, and so the energy that's delivered at our homes is, is a much lower power level than what's on those transmission lines. And our grid, um, as it is today, grew as Californians settled in the places that they want to live, and we serve them in that way. We're improving our infrastructure in the high fire threat areas. 
We're making our system more resilient. Hi, I'm Marcus Guerra. I'm PG&E's Senior Director of our Electric Asset Strategy. Our Electric Asset Strategy team is responsible for modernizing our electric grid, preparing it for the threats of today, and also meeting the demands of climate change tomorrow. For our wildfire season, we're targeting to harden over 240 miles of our electric system. Hardening would involve replacing our electric poles with more resilient, stronger poles, as well as covering our electric power lines, which can help prevent the likelihood of ignitions occurring, sparking a catastrophic wildfire. PG&E's goal is to be able to reduce the number of customers impacted by a third when compared to our PSPS events from last year. We're going to accomplish that by installing approximately 600 additional sectionalizing devices. These devices will help us reconfigure our electric power lines and only shutting down the sections of power lines that are at risk of creating a wildfire while keeping other portions of our, our power lines energized to be able to serve our electric customers. Our vegetation management program goes well beyond the regulations or the regulatory requirements. Increasing the distance between the trees and our infrastructure to ensure that we can keep those lines safely energized. I'm Michael Ritter. I lead our vegetation management program. Well, we have 100,000 miles of electric infrastructure and it coexists with nature. And you know, our primary responsibility is ensuring that there's enough clearance around those conductors so that they can coexist safely. Cal Fire and other agencies have identified high fire threat districts. In those areas, we need to maintain a minimum of four feet of clearance around our conductors. We also have an enhanced vegetation management program so this is our Beyond Compliance program. Our minimum clearance is 12 feet. In addition to that, in a four-foot radiance around the conductors, we clear to the sky to eliminate any overhang. We do fly patrols and use uh, LIDAR. So we fly it first, and in areas where it shows we have encroachment within our clearance zones, we would arrange to have those trees removed. Since last year, our team has been improving our meteorology capabilities and the models that support the forecasts that we produce. My name is Ashley Helmetag, and I'm a senior meteorologist with PG&E. Not a lot of people know that the meteorology group with PG&E exists, and it's a pretty important and crucial group to the company. The work of the electrical grid really hinges on the weather whether it's heat, whether it's outage producing winter storms, and of course, coming up into our fire season. Fire season is critical in Northern California. We are adding additional high definition web cameras in our highest fire threat districts. We're adding 400 new weather stations, and that boosts our real-time situational awareness, as well as helps us fine tune our models in the off season. Meteorology is staffed 24-7 at PG&E, and we're constantly monitoring all the available tools, all the national models. We run our own in-house high-resolution model, which is huge. We're able to assess wildfire conditions, and we're particularly looking for those conditions that we know from historical analysis are conducive to catastrophic wildfire. I like to say meteorology really puts the wheels in motion when it comes to public safety power shutoff. So even with all the work completed as part of the Community Wildfire Safety Program, 
hardening the electric system, cutting back vegetation, and improving our weather forecasts, weather conditions may still occur where PG&E may have to turn off the power in order to keep customers safe. Let's learn from Incident Commander Mark Quinlan just what conditions make calling a PSPS event necessary. Hello, my name is Mark Quinlan and I'm the Senior Director of Emergency Preparedness and Response for PG&E. A public safety power shutoff event or a PSPS event is our last resort option to prevent catastrophic wildfires. What it is is a deliberate action by the utility to intentionally turn off power. So if there are any risks due to high winds or debris flowing into our facilities, that they do not cause an ignition. So we turn off your power to keep you safe. We now have a public weather portal through pg&e.com forward slash weather, and there you're able to see exactly what we're thinking. If our models are starting to hint at us that these strong offshore winds are coming in, the relative humidities are gonna be low, the fuels are critically dry, that's when we are in heightened awareness that there's a possibility of a PSPS event. So here are some of the things that we consider before calling a PSPS because we know how impactful it is to our customers. First and foremost, we rely on the National Weather Service to issue a red flag warning. Another consideration is the humidity. Is the air very, very dry? That fosters a high threat environment for fires. We monitor wind conditions, generally sustained wind speeds above 25 miles per hour or gusts over 45 miles per hour. We also monitor fuel conditions on the ground. How dry are the fuels? Our meteorology team come up with a fire potential index that helps inform our decision. We learned a lot from last year's PSPS season. One of the major updates we're doing this year is we've taken that three kilometer high resolution model. We're going down to two kilometers, essentially doubling the granularity on it, doubling the resolution on it. So that's gonna give us a better view straight down to a street level, neighborhood level, who's gonna see the riskiest conditions and when. 72 to 96 hours out, we start preparing. We start understanding where are the high winds expected to occur? Where are the dry fuels? Because it is a data-driven decision, as we get closer to an event, it's go or no-go decision time. So the fact that we have done so much work in the off-season to improve the forecast modeling, improve our real-time situational awareness tools, this is when it matters. Next steps for us is to identify all of our electric infrastructure that exists within that geographic danger zone. Now we understand how many customers are fed from those lines, how many people would be impacted uh, if we shut them off. Once PG&E understands the scope of the weather situation and what customers might be affected, communications start rolling out. Let's talk with Vanessa Bryan about how PG&E will keep you up to date before, during, and after your power is out, and hear about what help and resources are available both online and in your community. This year, PG&E is committed to providing better information and resources to our customers and communities before, during, and after a PSPS event. Our goal, dependent on weather, is to provide customer alerts two days ahead 
one day ahead, and just before shutting off the power. We'll notify potentially affected customers via automated calls, texts, and emails. Customer alerts will include more detailed information this year, including a window of time when we expect power to be shut off and a window of time when we expect to be able to restore power. We will also update customers via PGE.com, social media channels, as well as news and radio outlets. During events, PG&E will provide regular updates, including when we receive the all clear to begin patrolling our lines, and daily updates should estimated restoration times change. Following an event, PG&E will provide an updated notification, letting you know that your power has safely been restored. Our public safety power shot off events from last year, they were massive. They were um, far too difficult for the communities that we have the privilege to serve. My name is uh, Aaron Johnson, and I'm a vice president in PG&E's Electric Operations Organization. I focus on wildfire safety and public engagement. One of the main ways we were able to support communities last year during the public safety power shutoff events were with uh, community resource centers or CRC locations. These were um, pop-up tents that were located around our service territory and had things like water and snacks and charging. And we're going a few different angles this year. Because of COVID, we are identifying a number of outdoor sites, big open parking lots where we could do open air services and have a grab and go model for customers to pick up a charging device, a little battery backup, get information on a billboard about the public safety power shutoff event. We'll also have Wi-Fi at all of those facilities. So if you need to make phone calls or check the internet for various things, that will be another resource that will be available for customers. This year, we went out and sat down and spent time with a mix of customers, agency partners, uh, community-based organizations, to really hear about how PSPS impacted them. We tried to get everybody that we could in a room so that we could really get all the feedback we needed. In urban communities, we heard a lot of concern about access and functional needs customers, be it the elderly, be it disabled folks, in terms of ability to do things like charge wheelchairs, get access to medical services if needed. My name is Christina Mills. I'm the executive director of the California Foundation for Independent Living Centers. What makes us different at CFILC and in independent living centers is that we are run by and for people with disabilities. So last year, um, during the power safety shutoff, CFILC teamed up with PG&E to run sort of a, a pilot. We had a number of people reach out and say, is there anything I can do to keep the power on in my house? I have medication, my medication's going bad. I use a CPAP machine, I use oxygen concentrator. And we were able to provide the support and resources needed for the people that uh, reached out to us and need electrical backup support during a power outage. If you are a person with a disability who relies on electricity, for your disability needs on a daily basis, you could be eligible for Disability Disaster Access and Resource Services. Our website to apply for services is www.disabilitydisasteraccess.org. 
you fill out an application, we will come in and assist you in preparing a personalized preparedness plan. Not just, I'm gonna go to my sister's house in another county if something happens where I live, but actual personalized plan based on where you are geographically in the state. We will assist in figuring out whether you qualify for the utilities medical baseline program and also figuring out if you would benefit from a portable battery in your home during a public safety power shutoff. We met especially with local emergency managers to make sure that we're really tightly coordinated with local emergency management to help understand what their experience had been and what we needed to do to make these events less difficult for the communities we serve. I'm Don Ryan, I'm the emergency services manager for the Solano County Sheriff's Office. So in Solano County, yeah, we are a rural area and a lot of agriculture, but we also have a large city, uh, Vallejo and parts of Fairfield that were affected that probably shouldn't have been. And we've been working with PG&E to make sure that that footprint gets smaller. And the installation of new switching, hopefully, will reduce that footprint should we have another public safety power shut off. The same information that PG&E based their decision on to shut off the power is the same information that I get in my emergency operations center for uh, wildfire risk, whether it's a red flag day, high winds, uh, uh, dry fuels, we, we have the same information. And I understand uh, their decision-making process and why they have to do that. And to be honest with you, I think it's a good idea. Uh, a public safety power shutoff is nothing compared to a major wildfire that goes through a, a populated area. So I'm okay with it. So we went all across the service territory. We serve customers all the way up from Humboldt down to uh, Bakersfield. In tribal communities, uh, we heard a variety of different concerns. And Maya'iwa, Toshishima Emta, Reno, Keone Franklin, Kishaya Pomo Tribe. Hello, my name is Reno Keone Franklin. I'm from the Kishaya Pomo Tribe, and I am the tribal liaison for Pacific Gas and Electric. Tribal communities matter to PG&E. In a previous year, in Lake County, four of the five CRCs that were in operation were all on tribal lands. Coming into this PSPS season, we expect those numbers to increase throughout our service area. We are not just serving tribal communities, we're serving all communities. So now that you know what you can expect from PG&E during a PSPS event and where to find available resources, Let's check back in with Incident Commander Mark Quinlan and see how the process of restoring the power is coming along. As soon as we shut off the lights during a PSPS event, our crews immediately go out into the field and they begin sectionalizing the power lines into smaller pieces. At that time, we also start thinking about what is the estimated time of restoration? What do we tell our customers? How long is this event going to last? Usually, you know, 72 hours out, we're getting a really good big picture idea of when conditions are going to diminish and when it's safe to send our crews out in the field to start inspecting and re-energizing these lines. Given the fact that the system's been off, uh, in some cases for over 12 hours, we cannot just energize without inspecting are patrolling our assets to ensure that they're safe. We patrol uh, via helicopter assets, we fly in close proximity to our power lines, and we can see if our equipment is safe and ready to be energized. The plan for 2020 is to utilize some fixed wing aircraft 
flying at a higher flight elevation, two to 5,000 feet in the air with high resolution cameras and infrared technology that will actually allow us to see our wires at night. In parallel to that, we also patrol you know, through vehicles and uh, in some cases where we're actually out there on foot. When it's reported uh, patrolled and safe to energize, then the control center operators re-energize the, the system and power is restored. Our commitment in the Community Wildfire Safety Program is to restore our customers as quickly as possible and to turn off as few customers as is absolutely necessary to meet the weather threat. We have a number of teams at pg that are working really hard to make sure that this year's public safety power shutoff events are smaller, shorter, and smarter. So we'll start with the smaller. We've installed more than 592 sectionalizing devices. These are switches that make the grid more flexible, so we turn off the power for as few customers as possible. Shorter is really important because we've almost doubled our helicopter fleet to 65 helicopters to be able to patrol the lines as quickly and efficiently as possible. The smarter is about that greater precision in our forecasting, allows us to understand which customers are going to see the wind effects and need to have their power turned off in those really extreme conditions. We have identified more than 60 and 62 to be specific locations where we're bringing to bear temporary generation. Now we're able to you know, provide service uh, to communities that uh, need to have the critical services in place, like hospitals, the, the downtown centers or city centers, uh, access to a grocery store. Now we'll be able to provide service to a greater number of customers through the temporary generation. Those are some of the steps PG&E will be taking in order to get your power back on in case of a PSPS event in your area. Now, let's talk about the steps you can take to prepare yourself before one's even called for. It's time to make a plan. In order to help customers prepare, we have significantly revamped uh, all of our online resources this year, redesigning our website. There's a real focus on making sure that you're developing your own emergency planning process. We have a number of how-to videos that are available. We have a number of checklists that are available to help get your family ready for a potential emergency. As a person with a disability myself, I know that public safety power shutoffs are not easy. The electricity going off isn't easy for anyone. Disability Disaster Access and Resources, our program, together in partnership with PG&E, we've assisted over 200 people already in applying for services in 2020 and we want to help even more people be better prepared and proactive before a power shutoff happens in your neighborhood. Most people should be ready, and that means taking some time to plan for an extended stay in your house without electricity. Whether it's a go kit, a plan to go someplace else where there is electricity, 
uh, public safety power shutoff is actually also probably a red flag day for fire. So if you live in a fire prone area, you need to be ready to go. And that means ready to grab medications, dog food, uh, the pet, uh, family photos, you name it. So be ready and be, being ready for a public safety power shutoff will also help you get ready for an earthquake, uh, a flood or any other emergency that might require you to either leave your house or shelter in place for an extended period of time. So when we come to more populated areas, we proactively let, let folks know that we're gonna be in their neighborhood. If there are trees in close proximity to lines that you want to have trimmed, we recommend that you contact Pacific Gas and Electric. Uh, we do want, want to help and ensure that any removals are done safely. We encourage all our customers to make a plan for any time they might be without power and consider if backup generation is the right option for you. Customers can visit pge.com slash backup power to learn about available options and how to safely operate their backup generation. It's important for all customers to update your contact information with PG&E so that we can contact you in advance of a PSPS event or any emergency. Please visit our website at pge.com slash mywildfirealerts or call us at 1-866-743-6589. What I want customers to know is that we're in the communities too. Our mission is to make sure our system is as safe as it can be so that we can serve our customers as they deserve to be served, our neighbors, our friends, our families. With the growing fire risk in California, we know that uh, PSPS is a tool that's gonna stay in our toolkit uh, for some time to come. That said, uh, the impacts on the communities we serve were too great last year. Too much disruption and too much hardship. And we're very focused on making sure that these events are smaller, that we get the lights back on quicker, and it means that our information flow to communities and to agency partners is more timely and accurate. Thank you for spending time with us to learn about PG&E's Community Wildfire Safety Program and Public Safety Power Shutoffs. PG&E is committed to reducing the size and scope of PSPS events, making improvements so they are smaller, shorter, and smarter. I and the other 23,000 team members at PG&E will never stop looking for new and better ways to provide you with safe and reliable energy. It's our privilege to be able to make a difference wherever we can. Thank you for giving us that opportunity, and we hope that we were able to do that today. We hope you feel more prepared and up-to-date about PG&E's plans for possible PSPS events in your local area. Remember, go to pge.com slash mywildfirealerts and make sure we have your current contact information in order to notify you in advance of a PSPS event. Together, we can stay informed and keep each other safe this wildfire season. Stay healthy, stay safe.